last week, I'm, um, I, uh, I, I want to summarize what I, I started to give the intro for this uh, last week. Um, you know, in most of Paul's letters, it's, it's, a con- it's kind of a running conversation. Um, and we don't know everything that Paul is addressing. Sometimes we do. Sometimes he'll say something like, I have heard that you are doing X, Y, and Z, and this is what you need to be doing. We can assume with this passage that there's something that he's addressing. So I'm going to make some of my best guesses, but some of my best guesses aren't, may or may not be exactly what was going on there. Okay, so I'm going to put that out there and just say, uh, we as, commenta- as commentators, as theologians, we're, we're assuming some things here. And it may not be exact, but we're going to do our best because we need to see what ex- exactly is happening. Um, now, a- as I'm going through this, I'm going to seem like I'm meandering a little bit, and I'm kind of doing that intentionally. So um, don't don't lose, you know, don't go. Uh, Ryan, he must not have studied this week. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm intentionally, I'm, I'm taking a little bit different path. Um, so one thing that uh, it looks like in Corinthians is they um, they look like they were having a Holy Spirit party, okay? And I'm I'm all for having Holy Spirit parties. I mentioned last week, um, you know, one a pastor that I had, uh, he he had a phrase. He said, you know, all all spirit and no word you blow up, all word and no spirit you shrivel up. But if you marry the word and the spirit, you grow up. And uh, there was a time when I was uh, in college. I had gone with um, five or six people from our church up to a revival meeting, and we came back to the church. And when we got back, the revival broke out at our church. And we uh, we went four nights a week, um, maybe five nights a week. It was like Sunday night through Thursday night, um, every week just in this revival mode for it was probably seven or eight weeks, and I mean, it just amazing things were happening. People were getting um, set free and saved, and we had healings, a lot of emotional, uh, mental healings, you know, that people, it would, it would have taken months and months or years in counseling to get through, and, and people would, would come in and get prayed for and just spend some time with the Lord and walk out, and they'd be a, di- a different person when they walked out. But I, I noticed as we went through this, that um, the word started to kind of be lacking a little bit. And I noticed as I've looked back, kind of even in, I, I felt in my own heart, in my own spirit, that it, you know, there was a lacking of, of growth. Now, that doesn't mean that what was happening was not good. Okay? Just because there needed to be a little bit maybe different direction or a little bit of encouragement to go one way or the other didn't mean that what was happening wasn't a good thing. It was. It was great. But we needed some encouragement, somebody to come along and say, you know what, why don't you marry the word with this and then see what happens? Because I I grew up in a church that was very, very word-centered. It was really, really good theologically. And when that kind of got pushed to the side, then we had this other, but the word was not there as well. Now, it was, it was during this time also that uh, I went on a um, camp uh, with our youth group. I was, I was a leader. I was in college. I was um, uh, so a leader in the youth, and we went to a, a camp down in Florida. 
beautiful spot. And if you've ever been to youth camp, uh, you know, the last night of camp, and some people call it cry night, <laughs> because the last night is when, when you know, they have a, real, a speaker come in, and they're really, you know, they might be hitting the Bible, you know, <laughs> you know as, they're, as they're speaking, and, and bringing a message for people to uh, respond in some way. And, and usually you have people, a lot of kids who get saved, or, you know, they're, they're giving up bad habits, or they're... Um, you know, coming and making a declaration or saying, you know what, when, when I go back to school, I'm going to be, I'm going to be totally changed. I'm going to witness for Jesus and, you know, all of this wonderful things that, that happened. And when we got to the camp, our first night was like that. I mean, it absolutely erupted. We, in, in during worship, when, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit fell. And I, I know right after we, we had kids that were up there on stage first night and, and saying, I was doing X, Y, and Z and living this way. I'm, I'm laying it down. And a lot of our kids, um, they had been in this revival mode. And they, were, they were getting up there saying, yeah, I saw angels this, doing this, that, and the other and, and just testifying. And it was an incredible, incredible time. And my thought was, boy, if this was the first night, what's it going to be by, by you know, night four or five? And uh, the next morning, uh, we were there with a couple of other churches and the um, other two youth pastors kind of uh, called us on the carpet. And they said, you know what, that was too radical and we need to back off. And the rest of the camp was a dud. Nothing happened. It was nice. Pretty location, one of the most beautiful baptismal services I've ever been a part of. In the ocean, and it was just beautiful, beautiful, but... There were no more testimonies. There were no more kids getting saved and delivered and whatnot. It went. <laughs> broke my heart. And I tell that because what I want us to do is realize what, what Paul is doing here in this chapter. Is he's not saying don't. What he's saying is let me provide a better way. He's taking the Holy Spirit party that the, whole, that the Corinthians are having and he's saying, let me provide a few parameters so that it's better. Okay? You know, we, we talked a little bit, you know, um, teachers uh, want to make sure that um, they can hear their students. You know, uh, you know I know when, when I've been, you know, in teaching and I'm encouraging you, you know, ask questions. Ask because a lot of times those questions are the best thing that happens. Because, you know, it's the Lord kind of directing. And I'm going, oh, yes, l- let me tell you about that. And those are some of the best times I've, I've had teachings when there's been this really good interaction in the questions. And, and I can, you know, take some rabbit trails, and it's great. And, um, but if everybody were to be asking questions all at the same time, it doesn't work. Because I couldn't understand. And then if I were trying to speak and everybody else, it doesn't work either. So it's a good thing but you've got to have parameters. And what, what I think we have tended to do here in the, I say the, the Western church, um, and I'm saying very generally speaking, and over the last several hundred years or more, um, we have taken 1 Corinthians 14, and we have uh, said, well, Paul corrected them on this, and so let's shun it instead. I don't want to get corrected, so I'm not going to do anything that they've got in there. And instead of, of, instead of just saying, 
what he said was good, right? What they were doing was good. They just needed a little bit redirecting. We have we've totally taken uh, ourselves out of the process altogether. In fact, I um, uh, there, there was a, a, a preacher in in my hometown growing up, who um, some some of our family friends were just thinking about going to church at his church, and they sat down with with him as you should. Um, sit down with the pastor and just get to know them, and and um, our friends are spirit filled, and and the the he didn't know that the preacher didn't, but he looked over at them and, and said, "Speaking in tongues is of the devil," and they kind of went, "Okay, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go find a different church," <laughs> you know. But that's that reaction, okay? That I think a lot of people have taken. They've taken something that. They, they, they're like, I don't want to, to get out of line at all, so I'm going to totally react and go the other direction. And doing so, they have they've not just taken what was good and put some good order to it. They've actually shunned the good and gone a different direction. And, um, you know, I uh, some people have habits that, that cause them cause them fits. I've heard people call them Nick fits. Ever heard of a Nick fit? Um, you know, well people with nicotine need the nicotine. I have a Q fit. I um I get I get to a point I need barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The my my family will tell you we, we go to we go to Costco and that'll be the first place I'll go. I'll go check the prices on the brisket. And it's been too high for me to justify getting brisket in the last probably almost year. I'm like going, I just can't do it. I just, I just you know, because usually it's like three fifty ish a pound, and it's jumped up over five bucks a pound. And when you're talking twelve or thirteen pounds of of beef, you know, like going, nah, I can't. I just can't justify it. But the prices came back down. Okay. And I was excited because I was like, all right. I'm getting some food. <laughs> I'm going to get me some barbecue. But, you know, I've been earnestly desiring the barbecue, okay? Paul starts this out, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, the spirituals, the, these things that, that I'm, he's going to describe, okay? Earnestly desire them. So what he's describing here. He's not saying, don't do any of these things. He's not saying, shun these things. He's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide some parameters for you. But desire these things. And specifically, the utterance gifts. Okay? Uh, meaning, and um, we went through all the gifts, right? So we're talking about um, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, the things that... Um, Honestly, during a service could get a little bit out of line because if everybody's speaking at the same time, it's just like a classroom, right? No good, right? And that's what Paul's saying. Guys, let's, let's just, let's put some classroom rules up here, okay? I want, you to ha- I want you to talk. I want you to have these things. Earnestly desire these gifts. Well, let's have some, a few parameters. Um, let me read through... Um, I mean, let me just start at, at uh, verse 1, and, and we'll go through the first section here. 
So it says, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. When he speaks in a tongue, edifies himself. And I'm going to change this word. I don't know what your word has in there, but um, I'm going to put and there instead of but. Okay, um, it's it's uh, it's a word in Greek has two two words for and it has two words for but. Okay, um, this is uh, one of the words that can be used for but or and. There is a a this sounds really weird saying this. There is a but in Greek that is like a- adversative, meaning it's like um, do you, do you want another apple? Uh, no, I don't want another apple. I, I'll take an orange instead. I, I want an apple, but an orange. So it's a, like a, you're a full stop. I want something different. It's not one of those. So I'm just going to say and because I think it, it it's like it actually works better. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, and one who prophesies edifies the church. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edifying. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or a prophecy or of teaching? Yet even lifeless things, e- either flute or harp and producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in the tones, how, how will it be known what is played on the flute or on the harp? For if the, bu- if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are per- perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I'll be to the one who speaks a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. Uh, actually, the word there, um, the, the idea is someone who... Uh, barbar is like they're they're speaking gibberish. Um, it, the word in Greek is actually idiot, um, I, and that's not the translation. That's the Greek word. <laughs> okay, so it's it's someone who is not. Uh, um, it's actually not of oneself. All right, it's not. It's one not in the fold, if you will. Um, so also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts. Seek to abound for the edification of the church. Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What's the outcome then? I'll pray with the spirit, and I'll pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you're saying? For you are giving thanks well enough, but the person, but the other person is not edified. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words in my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. All right, there's a lot there. Um, so we're going we're to try to unpack that a little bit. Uh, we, we've talked before. Um, let me just first say this, just kind of on the outset before we... Um, dig in a little bit more, verse, kind of verse by verse. Um, we've talked b- about the 
um, uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues is the gift. And interpretation really gives kind of a, a, it's a misnomer. And when you look at the commentaries, they even say that's not exactly, we, we think of as interpretation as in, I say in Spanish, um, uh, buenos dias, como estas, and, and somebody will translate and say, uh, good morning, how are you, right? And that's not the idea even that the, the Greek wording gives. It's more of, um, what is the meaning of this? So we think of, a lot of people think of tongues and interpretation of tongues as, um, and because of this kind of maybe slightly incorrect translation, um, that somebody is going to give a word in, in tongues, whether that is a different language or a known language, and that somebody will then give a word-for-word -word translation of what has been said. And that's really not not the case. Um, it's really much, in, and I've heard people who object to some of the spiritual gifts and stuff because they have seen this in play. And like, somebody gave this word in tongues, and it was like, 10 seconds, and they gave the interpretation, it was two minutes. Like, that couldn't have been right. Well, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio. And how, how I see it is like this. Um, God will give someone a tongue to, to give, and then God's, it, which is a sign, God's response then is the interpretation. What does this sign mean? I'll tell you. What does this sign mean? Why, why did I give this sign? I'll tell you. So the, what is the meaning of the sign? I'll tell you. Okay? So that it's not this one-to-one -one ratio of word-for-word. -word. Okay? Um, having said that, a little bit of interpretive issue, if, if you want to go into the Greek more, we can <laughs> sit down and dig that together. Um, but uh, so what is... What's this idea of, of speaking in tongues? You know, um, and why in the world would God do this? <laughs> and honestly, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think it's something like this. Um, if you remember the story, does anybody, you all remember the story of Naaman in the Bible? Um, Naaman was a, a uh, really high ru uh, warrior in the, um, uh, was it the Iranian uh, kingdom, right? But Naaman, and he had the um, uh, the the ruler of the kingdom loved Naaman, and but Naaman had leprosy, and uh, in their their ratings they had taken a, a little Hebrew girl as a slave, and um, she said uh, one day she said, "I wish you were in Israel. There were, there is a prophet in Israel that could heal you." And so Naaman went to Israel. I'm trying to make a longer story short. He went to Israel to see Elisha. And um, he said, would, would you heal me? And, and Elisha didn't even go out to meet him. Sent his servant said, go dip seven times in the Jordan and you'll be healed. So Naaman got upset. He said, I thought he'd come out and wave his hand or do something crazy like that. We have better rivers where I'm from. Why would he have me go and dip seven times in the Jordan? And his servant was kind of wise, and he said, you know, if he'd asked you to do something great, wouldn't you have done that? He said, yeah, I guess I would have. So he goes and dips seven times in the Jordan River and is completely healed. 
And I think sometimes God wants us to do something that is a little bit on the, shall we say, foolish side, something that doesn't make sense to our cognitive mind, okay, just to see if we will be submitted to him. Can, can you imagine with Jesus, okay, this is, this is Jesus we're talking about, um, and Jesus did the same thing with people. Can you imagine, okay, here, here's a blind person, and Jesus going, <laughs> and making some mud, and wiping this spitted, dirty, dusty stuff on somebody's eyes? And that's what we'd say. We'd go, boy, that preacher. I'm not going to his church anymore. <laughs> right? Actually, I, I, I don't know if you saw this story. A preacher did this as an illustration. Um, it's been maybe a month or two ago now. He was teaching on on Jesus and how Jesus... Um, somebody couldn't speak, and he, he um, how Jesus took his saliva and touched a guy's tongue, and so he had a um, an illustration, a demonstration of this, and had a guy come up, and the preacher did the same thing to him, just kind of as a drama, and it made national news. How is this preacher doing this sort of thing? I can't believe it. Yada, yada, because of course it was online, and everybody's looking at it, going, "Oh, that's gross." And I mean, it was a huge stink that this guy. And it turned out that um, he, it was his, like his brother-in-law. You know, he volunteered, said, "This is what I want to do." And it, it was just kind of this drama, but it caused a huge stink all over the country. But that's what Jesus did. And so I think sometimes he does things that are outside of our comfort zone and asks us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone that don't make sense to this thing up here just to see if we will, just to see if we'll obey, just to see if we will give him the license as God to be God for us. And that's a lot what with speaking in tongues I believe it is because for those uh, speaking in tongues you um, is a, a unique prayer language that God gives to people. And it will sound like gibberish a lot of times. But how the, how the Bible defines it and what we, we just read and also in um, Romans 8 what, what it says is that um, the Holy Spirit, okay, I'm gonna, let me see if I can do it this way. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your spirit and showing your spirit how to pray, okay? So it's your spirit that's praying or giving praise in worship as the Holy Spirit is actually showing your spirit how to do that. And when the Holy Spirit prays, you know that it's the perfect will of God. Or the perfect praise of the Lord. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is showing your spirit how to pray and praying through your spirit. Which means this thing up here doesn't know a lot of times what's going on. And that puts people, especially in the Western mindset, makes us very uncomfortable. Because the, we Western folks, Europe and, and uh, you know, North America, we like things in their own little boxes. 
and we're not very spiritual people. If you go over to Africa, and that's a spiritual place, and everybody knows it, and they, they, they engage in the supernatural very, very easily and very, very regularly. Over here, we don't. We don't believe it. But it's, it's kind of, I, I like it, I think of it kind of like this. <clears throat> How many of y'all, um, if you, if you aren't born, if you were born, uh, you know, prior, you know, probably 1985 or later, you wouldn't understand this. But how many of you know you can use a computer without it being plugged into the internet? You remember doing that? Where you just had a standalone computer, you didn't even have a modem a lot of times. And it would just... Um, it, you know, you could, you could use it. You can store stuff, right? You can, you could do all kinds of programs and processing on it, but you couldn't communicate with, uh, anything on the outside world. Did you, did you ever do BBSs? Bulletin board systems? And you had a sysop that would, uh, <laughs> okay, the, the very start of the internet where you're just, you're calling up to one computer, you know, and then just connecting to that one you know, we we kind of have a um, within us. You know, we have we have a brain, and we can uh, we can operate. You know, here. But when you start engaging the Holy Spirit, it's like plugging into the internet. Okay, because the supernatural realm is much more real than the natural realm. There are angels all around. There's um, other, there's demonic stuff all around. Think, think about it. Internet has a bunch of dark stuff too, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of good stuff. There's, you can, you can, you can go. I, I, David's mentioned recently, I, you know, I listened to all these sermons and, and watching these different, um, you know, people talking about all the good stuff, biblical stuff, or you can get into really bad stuff online. Okay. The internet is, is neutral. Okay. It's just about how you use it. Right? In the supernatural, there's a bunch of good stuff. There's also a bunch of bad stuff. There's a bunch of good stuff that you can engage with. There's a bunch of bad stuff that you need to engage against. <laughs> right? Or some bad stuff that you need to be, be very much aware of. But the supernatural is uh, more real even than the natural is. And when you begin to enter into the supernatural, when you plug in, and I believe one of the ways that you plug in that the, the thing, you know, not too many years ago, it was using an Ethernet cable, right? Before Wi-Fi. <laughs> and you're going, okay, Pastor Kevin's going, yeah, this guy, <laughs> I remember all these things, <laughs> right? It's just a, you, you plug in, praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues is a lot of times that plug-in, okay? Is that you engage and you start you really start being engaged and connected to the supernatural. All right, are, are we all pretty good together? We good? So let me let me speaking in tongues is the Holy Spirit. Everybody believes in the Holy Spirit, right? The third person of the Trinity. Okay, you have a spirit, right? You have a spirit. You have a body. You have a mind, right? Your your spirit gets connected with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is showing your spirit and praying through your spirit person. Okay? 
what that ends up being is um, speaking in a language that um, sometimes it's an actual language. Sometimes it's, it's a language that's just a kind of a heavenly language, and we don't know exactly what it is. But ultimately what happens is you get connected um, into the supernatural realm. Okay? Um, and the way I, what, why I'm saying it that way is <coughs> because um, I've, I've noticed if, if you want to learn to be more prophetic, if you want to be able to see more in the Spirit, um, making that connection with the Holy Spirit um, is, is how to get more into that. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more you'll be able to hear. Because the Spirit, will, the Holy Spirit will begin to show in your mind in a way that you can more fully understand what's going on in the spirit realm. Whether that is a prophetic word or beginning to be discerning about different things going on. All right? Good? Okay. So the whole, what, what the Corinthians, in, in the few minutes we have left, what, look, what it seems like was happening with the Corinthians is they were having such a good time getting together that they'd all get together and they'd, they're like, hey, we've got this new praying in tongues thing. Let's just use it as much as we can. And Paul says, you know what? You should use it as much as you can. But you know what? If you just go up to somebody and start praying in tongues over them and they don't know what's going on and you're going, boy, weren't you blessed, Carolyn? I just prayed all over for you. And they go, I have no idea what you just said. How can I be blessed with that? And Paul says, you know what? They're, they're right. You, you might have been praying the perfect will of God over them. It might be good, but they can't say an amen to that. They have no idea what you just said. Why don't you, wh- why don't you do it in a way that they can understand? Or it seems like, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, it seems like they might have all been getting together and just everybody praying in tongues all at the same time. And Paul goes, you know what? Nobody is edified. Nobody is blessed by it. It's a good thing. Everybody should be doing it. But and that's what Paul said. He said, I'm, I'm, I do more than everybody else. And it's good. I wish you did more. But let's do it in such a way that people are blessed and edified with it. Right? And that's why he said um, prophecy is, is um, he, he didn't say, say better, but it, it, it's, if you just pray in the Spirit, if you just speak in tongues, then it doesn't edify somebody else's mind and, and their, their heart. You might be praying the perfect will of God, and if that's good, please do, okay? All right? But Paul wants you to be encouraged and edified and taught. And he's saying, if you just do this, nobody's getting taught. Nobody's getting edified. They're not, not getting built up. So you need to make sure that it's with the edification also. All right? In other words... Um, I, want to, I want to be able to give you a word that you understand. And if somebody is prays in the Spirit and has a, an interpretation, then there will be that understanding or prophecy. Okay? Um, again, you know, I, I, I mentioned uh, last week, you know, edific- it, it says edification, that it's, it's all for edification, that if you are, um, prophecy edifies everybody, because everybody can understand, right? If you want to just be built up yourself, you can just pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. And it, it's, you, you need to be built up yourself. 
I want you to be built up, right? It's, a, it's for edification too. But if I were to sit up here and um, just speak, um, oh, what's a crazy language nobody knows? Um, Mandarin, okay? Everybody would go, I'm not edified at all. It could have been a great sermon, right? Good, all of Mandarin, everybody goes, I have, nice guy, I have, no, I have no idea what he said. Right? Paul doesn't want you to do that. You, it could be a great sermon in Mandarin, and everybody go, nice talking to you. <laughs> right? He, he wants to make sure everyone is edified and that you get it. Um, make sure where I am. Let me just mention this. Um, I think we pretty much covered it. Um, let me mention one thing real quickly. It's, it's really interesting that Paul uses the um, analogy or the illustration of instruments. If, uh, if the instruments don't have a distinct tone, how will anybody um, un- you know, understand the instrument? Uh, how, how would anybody, or if a bugle plays and it's not distinct, how would you know, you know when to rise or when to charge or when to retreat right Dan um, and the I think he uses that intentionally because it's really weird that he pulled this out of the air why would he use that because music doesn't have words the song there might be songs with words but the instruments themselves don't play words right they have notes and those notes can be meaningful right they can carry a message like a bugler, right? But it needs to be done in such a way that people will get it. So music's good, but it's got to be done in such a way that everybody can understand. And so, again, what Paul's wanting to do here, we'll, we'll finish up next week. Um, he wants to bring some order and structure to something that's good, right? Order and structure in music is a good thing. I oftentimes don't have very order and structure because I my tempo goes like this all over the place, and that's just me. <laughs> Need to get that tempo, right, girls? Metronome, boom, 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 right? Order and structure is good, right, and that's what Paul is getting at. We'll 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 finish up next week. So, um, to just let me summarize just real fast, and I'll I'll pray and dismiss. I believe speaking in tongues is for anybody who wants it. Do you have to? No. You don't have to. But I think you should want to because Paul says to earnestly desire, right? I, I personally want everything that God would give to me. You know what? Lord, if you have it available, give it to me. So I would hope that everybody would want the gift. Do you have to have it? No. Is God going to embarrass you with it? No. He's not about embarrassment. But he is about us stepping out to do things that are maybe outside of our comfort zone. So with that said, it's available for everyone. If you want to to walk in that gift, you can. If you don't, it's okay. 
But I want to encourage you, ask the Lord about it. And see if that's something that between the two of you all, um, if you can come to an agreement on. All right? And if you, uh, if, you, if you would like it, you can come talk to me or come go talk to Pastor Kevin and Lynn, Ruth. All right? We'll, uh, we'll get you set up. Because um, the Lord, I believe, wants you to walk in everything that he wants for you. Same with, the, same with the prophetic. If you want to walk in the prophetic, I believe you can. There's a few gifts that are like that. I believe they're for absolutely everybody. If you want, and people have different levels, but everybody, I believe, can. If you want that, it's yours. You just need to be, um, have some instruction and encouragement. So um, we'll continue on this next week. If you have questions, grab hold of me. Please, I don't want anybody to go, what was he talking about? All right, please, I, I really would much rather answer and get things lined out. Because this is something that, like I said, why God chose to, to use something like this, I don't know. And maybe he and I will have a talk about it one day. But he has. He's made this thing that we can enter into. Um, oftentimes it's a heavenly language that nobody really understands unless you're given the interpretation, if you will. Or sometimes it's even a actual language. Okay? Again, that's up to God. I'll let God be God and I'll stay out of his seat. All right? Um, any, uh, any questions before we pray? You look like you're on the edge of your seat. Oh, yeah, please. When I was first saved, um, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit before I spoke <laughs> in tongues. Um, I knew something had happened. I'd been at a meeting and knew something had happened. So I started asking God for tongues and um, had heard about it, did some research on it in the Bible, and figured, yeah, that's something I want. Um, and when I first tried praying, it just came out like gibberish. And it's like the devil automatically just, that's gibberish. There's no such thing, you know, you're, you know that's just gibberish. And so I kind of, that's not tugs, okay, put it aside. And a little while later, I don't know how much time went by, but I just like, yeah, I really think God wants me to have tongues again. Finally, the third time, I just decided, okay, Whatever comes out, I'm just going to ask God, let it be what it is. So I decided I'm going to go in. I was in an apartment with four girls. <laughs> I was going to go in and have a shower, and I was just going to pray and let God do what he wanted to do. And whatever came out, I'm just going to trust and believe that that was it. So I, I started praying, and I just started flowing in the spirit, and the tongues just started coming, and it was just, it wasn't just gibberish, and I knew God was really touching me. And then I get out of the shower, and I'd forgotten <laughs> that we had a vent that went all the apartments, the sixth floor to the apartments, and you could hear people. <laughs> I know a couple of neighbors up had, had an accordion, and you could hear that, and I'm thinking, oh, well, <laughs> oh, well, it's over and done. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it was just so funny afterwards that, you know, I was, it's all gibberish, and it was the enemy just trying very hard to say that's not tongues, and, and just go for it. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very, very typical um, that 
you just you know the the, the enemy will lie to you say no. Um, there was a guy in our church <clears throat> that people were being prayed over to receive the Holy Spirit, and he um, uh, I forget he he knew another language. I think it was like Swahili or something. Pastor was praying over him. And he, nothing was happening, so he decided he was going to speak in this other language just to trick the pastor. <laughs> and so he did, and the pastor's like, yeah, you got it, good, 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 go, go, go. And then he, he got home, and he was just, just sick over it. He's like, I just lied to the pastor, I just lied to God, I just... And, I mean, he was just, I mean, he was just really broken, really hurt. The next day, he got up and couldn't do anything but speak in tongues for, like, the entire day. He couldn't speak in English at all. I mean, he was just totally... You know, and this is the only God can do. But anyway, go ahead, Tim. I remember asking a pet because I would I would get the same thoughts. Oh, this is just nonsense, you know. And and I asked a pastor friend, "What do I do when that thought comes into my head?" And he said, "That's just the devil. So just tell him." If it's nonsense, it's not going to hurt anybody. But if it's tongues, you're in trouble. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> all right. Let me um, let me just pray a blessing over you all. And um, if you have any questions, please come talk to me afterward. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that is totally beyond our understanding. It, I, I would not want to serve a God that I could totally wrap my mind around. Um, but you are truly a God above all the universe. And so, Lord, we thank you so much for it. Lord, we, um, I just pray a blessing over each person here, those who are online this morning. Lord, we ask that you would um, guide us and direct us, that you protect us on every side. Lord, that you would provide in every single way for um, every every step that we take, anything that we need, Lord, that, that you would you would be right there for us. And Lord, um, I just speak a blessing over each person, that they would uh, experience you in a new way this week, and that they would know that you're right there with them. In the name of Jesus, amen.